climb unfiltered. Brought to you by Investor Ladder. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Climb Podcast. This is a very, very exciting time. This is the pilot episode, and I am joined by the kind of mastermind of the entire event himself, Gordon Bateman, where we're going to do a little bit of a conversation about the Climb event, about the Climb Podcast, just give you a bit of a taste of what's coming up on this show. So, Gordon, it's an honor to have you on. Thanks for coming. Simon, thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here, and thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk about Investor Ladder and Climb as a series, which was Climb 23 this year and will be Climb 24 next year. Yeah, the event itself was absolutely amazing. We've recorded so many awesome podcast episodes, so many amazing stories from talented and inspiring entrepreneurs. And this show is going to kind of unveil that piece by piece and episode by episode. We're going to be unveiling each interview with each of these inspiring entrepreneurs. But before we get started, Gordon, just give us a little bit of an insight into your history, like what is Investor Ladder and CRSI and how did your, your kind of history with events kind of begin? My entire life, I think, or working life is a series of fortunate accidents. So if we start with CRSI, I was involved with a company that grew very rapidly and one of the biggest challenges that we faced at the time, and this was in the 90s, so everyone was facing the same problem, but it was always around having the right people in the right place at the right time and keeping those people motivated and performing. Now, all of that is common sense, right? Or everyone knows about it right now and it's almost cliched, but back then people didn't really think about it. And also right now we still find that people find it very difficult to execute all of those things. So I created CRSI with the mind to work exclusively with high growth and early stage businesses looking at all of their people aspects of their business. Most of our work was brought to us from the equity investment market. So venture capital, business angels, private equity businesses, that was a catalyst of founders often thinking they need to grow or look at the people side of their business. And so we roll on a few years and I was doing a lot of work with investors from all over the UK. It's no surprise to everybody that the majority of VC firms are headquartered out of London. And many of those investors were struggling to find or to access high quality deals flow in the regions. Now that they recognized that wasn't because there was a lack of it. It was just the analogy that people are often saying to me, if you go into a new city on a vacation or on business, how do you find the, the really good independent restaurants unless someone tells you? And that was what was happening here. Equally, when I was working in Manchester, Leeds, Sheffield, etc., many of the really interesting and exciting high growth businesses really were finding it equally difficult to navigate the investment landscape outside of their local territory. So I invited a couple of people for lunch so that they could meet each other and start to build those connections. And that clearly fulfilled a need across the whole market. So over a period of four or five years, we hosted what we called these investor lunch things, bringing different investors to a city. And at the one in Liverpool, someone said, this is amazing. I pushed a number of my deals up the investor ladder. So we bought the domain name, set up a company and investor ladder was born. So the idea being that it's a non 
commercial entity which is geared to help solve that geographic mismatch, if you like, between where businesses are based and the investment landscape because investors are based all over the UK. So it's very informal, very high energy, all about building relationships. And that was my first foray into events, I guess, really, not having done any events beforehand. <laughs> well, I think it's it's pretty incredible when you think about like how much money there is in this kind of stuff. And yet people are still quite insular and, and geographical when they're looking for investment and don't tend to kind of go outside of their own little area. Why, why do you think organizations and people are, are like that? They tend to stay inside their own little towns and look for business there rather than venture outside. Yeah. So I think it's a number of things. The biggest thing, we had a number of sessions at Climb 23, which is the annual summit of Invest Ladder a couple of weeks ago. Firstly, most founders don't know about equity investments. They might have heard about it because of things like Dragon's Den, but there's a first the education piece of what equity, selling equity in your business is. Yeah. It's not a normal thing to do. It's becoming more widely known, but still only at a surface level. And then secondly, it is safer, isn't it, to talk to people you know rather than going out into the big wide world when you're learning about a new subject anyway. So I think they're the first two elements of it. And then secondly, it's quite, it's difficult. It's not an easy thing to do to get in front of an equity investor. They're pitched at every single day, often 900 plus proposals they're seeing every year. So how do you get through that? So people tend to stick with what they know. And if something is more difficult, people tend to shy away from it, I think. Sure. Fair enough. So you started running these investor lunches. And that kind of was slowly kind of kicking off. But but Investor Ladder was there was about a thousand people there. So what did you go from from lunches to this this huge event at Climb? Or was there like a, a, a more of a slow burning process where you have been learning and growing other smaller events before you decided to go for the big one at, at Climb? We ran a number of small events. They grew, but nothing like. I mean, this was a 10 times growth. So our biggest event prior to Climb was I think we'd got we had a hundred and some maybe 120 invites to an event in Manchester in 2021. When we first came out of lockdown, we were able to do events. 230 people turned up to that event. But then we had this genius idea to bring a bigger audience together. And that came about because suddenly the geographic diversity wasn't really the message that people were talking around or the thing that people were talking around. There were some bigger industry issues and national issues that were landing on our desks and putting together 200 people in a room, you can't really move the, detail, the, the dial on those. So they include diversity and inclusion, women founders and women in the investment market, future talent, mental health. So big, big subjects. And so in a moment of madness, we thought if we run this multi-stream, multi-sector, multi-stage event, you will get people to those subject areas who might not normally attend. So I'm, I'm a big believer in a number of female founder groups and sessions that I'm involved in. But often when you go to those sessions, the people who turn up are people who don't really need to be there. They're already on message. They're already committed to it. It's the same with sustainability. So by doing what we do with Climb 23, we got people to an session on sustainability who might probably not go to a, a sustainable conference. So that was, but it was a big bang effect, kind of almost from a hundred odd people 
to 1,380 people, unique people were, were at Pine 23. And it showed there is a demand for that in the market. What what Investor has always done, because we're not an events company and we're not there to sell tickets, because with an event size of climb, you have to generate revenues to pay the extraordinary costs of putting on an event like that. But we look at it from the user perspective, if you like, from the delegate or the speaker or from the investor, what do they want to achieve from an event? So we break all the rules. So that gave us a lot of latitude to try things that haven't been done. And once word got out, people thought, yeah, this is quite different. Let's go and contribute. And and that's a big message, actually. I think when I opened it, I mentioned this, was that you can't turn up to an investor ladder event or to climb and expect to just sit on a chair and listen to be talked at because nobody wins from that. It's a very interactive environment where... I said at the beginning, we have 200 speakers. And then I stopped myself and said, actually, we don't have 200 speakers. We have 1,300 speakers. Every single person in this event has a voice. And that resonated with the audience because, you know, you very kindly said of pulling this great thing together and we had some great speakers. That was what made this thing magic is the people who attended, the people who joined in, the people who made this thing happen. It was just a wacky idea with myself and a couple of colleagues at one point. What was the the difference of climb to probably a lot of events I've been to in the last few years is the depth and the quality of the conversations, both on stage and off stage, in the workshops, in the coffee areas, at the round tables, at the bars. And I guess that was a proven point because I believe we're probably one of the most gate crashed events I've ever been to as well. So, <laughs> round, so, so uh, round tables, it should have been 20 people or 40 people. A drinks reception that we organized for 200 people had 304 people. I couldn't even get in myself because it was over <laughs> oversubscribed. So, and that was because people just wanted to meet people and talk to people and yeah, their ideas and their content. Yeah, I would, I would completely agree. Interactive is a great word to use. You know, the event had everything, you know, it had speakers, it had live workshops running. People were dipping in and out of podcast studios, you know, like myself, we were recording such amazing content from not just like the super high profile speakers, but also just from the attendees as well, which shows you the quality of the people who were in that room. A lot of the, the episodes that you're going to listen to over the course of this podcast are not just going to be from you know, the big high flyers, there's also going to be some of the people who attended the event and what they're doing in their stories too, which is, which is amazing. But for you, obviously there was a few things to learn, a couple of learning curves for sure. What, what, what did you think about, like, what did you identify or, or learn about running an event from going from 200 people to 1300 people? What were some learning curves for you during this time? Yeah, I'll try and keep this succinct because there was a lot. So you kind of think, well, grow from, let's say, 200 to 1,000 is five times learning. It's not. It's 50 times learning because it's completely different. So we had this view that if we build what people are telling us they want, we'll just open the door and people will flood in. That wasn't the case at all. I think people were skeptical that we could achieve what we set out to achieve. I think that people were nervous that they've been to events that have overpromised and they've delivered before. So the first thing we had to do was have rethink of 
the clarity of what we were looking to put together. There were so many, as you said, so many different facets to climb that to someone who didn't know us or didn't know InvestLadder might have thought that was confusing and to where that. So we had to clean things up a little bit in terms of our messaging. I think by the end, we were on our 20th version of the website to, to clarify that. I think that the big thing for me was we started with doing what everyone else does, which is get my contacts and the big names into a room and get them to to run sessions. And that's really useful. But actually, when we started talking to people and thinking about this rationally, peer-to-peer learning, if you're going to scale and grow a business and you go, and that's what this is all about at the end of the day, if you're going to be a successful business owner, you've got to learn from people who are still in it as well. So we've got the, one of the big early doors things was this isn't just about bringing big names to the table. It's bringing people who are on the journey or who have just been through the journey. Too, too many events focus on bringing top flight consultants, paying massive fees for speakers. We didn't pay a single penny for speakers. Everybody joined us because they wanted to be a part of this. And that made it a lot more real. So, so that was kind of the, from a content perspective, we needed very early. The second was that we didn't realize how much help people need along the way to choose an event, come to an event and operate an event that's been done in a way that has never really been done before. And so we, we use a lot more resource. We needed a lot more resources than we initially set out. So, and, and I think to some people, it could have been a little bit messy at the front end. And, and as we got going, then it became a lot clearer up the day, a lot more signposting of what was going on and how to get there was quite key. And there's a lot of funny stories, you know, there's, there's so many things that have happened along the way internally here or externally of people attending, people turning up for their sessions on the wrong day, people gate crashing sessions. There, there was one person, despite they being emailed, by the way, and turning up on the wrong day, the, there was one individual in the queue for the workshops and round tables who just leaned over somebody else in the queue had just grabbed 20 tokens and started handing them out to their friends. <laughs> which meant that like the university spin out round table, which was meant to be 20 people, had 43 people in it. And it looks amazing. The, the photos are on the clang23.com website. But I think what we've learned from this is that people don't think about a conference or an event until they actually get there. So some of the things that we were hoping to have designed and implemented before the event actually didn't take any traction until people actually got here and realized what they could do. The, the other takeaway is you can be 50 odd years old. You can turn up at a conference at 11 o'clock in the morning. You can wave your hands in the air and you can beatbox. It was a great atmosphere when we were up at the event with Dante for Variety and then Testament, who was launching a thing called D-Lists, both kind of pushing the key messages we wanted across the whole conference. But when Testament was teaching people to beatbox, it could have been a car crash or it could have been amazing. And it was amazing to be at the front and look backwards at the audience and see people. I mean, I'm 51 years old, people older than me beatboxing. It was just an amazing thing to see. And I didn't have a camera, but I wish I'd record it. So we're going to keep that vibe. We are... You know, that festival feel that went through the two days was by design, not by default, but it actually was 
10 times better than we thought it would be because everyone joined in. So I think that that was a, a great learning curve for me that people don't want to be in your standard talk type conference. But, there were, you know, there's a, there's a book called, called Climb 23 that is going to be released after some months. And I'd strongly recommend, not because we're publishing it and selling it, but there's going to be some great stories in there. We don't have time to go to them all today, but it was tears of laughter and tears of, of sadness through the last three months, <laughs> through the last three months of our lives. It was, it's been a great journey. And the other thing that it's done is pulled a lot of people together, both internally within my organization and between my company and another set of individuals that we would never have met in, in our normal working day. Climb is a demonstration of how genuine collaboration for no direct financial gain can make a massive difference and you can achieve some spectacular things if everyone's just looking after each other. And, you know, shameless plugs, I guess, really, there's Digital Sport North run out of Leeds. They were just astounding in the creative industry space. Our sponsors, again, too long to list on a podcast, but our sponsors were phenomenal at just, if we needed something, being able to pick up the phone and saying, do you know anybody like this? Can you help us with this? They've got a lot more experience of running events at this scale than we have. Rick from And Parasols, all the magic with the media behind us on the stages through the pre-event publicity and the post-event side of things. You guys at Right Business Results, allowing us to do things like this, all of which are genuine collaborations and partnerships. It's not that we're paying people money to do this. People just wanted to be engaged with it and that, Again, hard to set up, awesome when it happened. So uh, a massive thank you to all of those people, really. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's amazing what, what traction you can get and what things can happen when you just bring people together. And I think you know, what Climb does at, at its core is bringing people together who may not have had the opportunity to kind of mingle in, in the same circles so easily before. And I think another thing you know that you said was really powerful is that you know, no kind of direct financial gain. And I think that's an important thing because a lot of spe events where people just show up and, and listen to speakers can sometimes be leaning towards a bit of a pitch fest where people are just kind of being sold to a lot of the times at these events. And, you know, for anyone listening who hasn't been to Climb, it's absolutely not what the, this event is. This is, as, as Gordon was saying, it's an absolute festival of, you know, collaboration, of innovation and of people just sharing ideas and learning from each other. So, you know, that that's a really kind of key point, I think, for the event. And, and I think one of the reasons why people enjoyed it so much. We're, we are running a little bit out of time, but just before we, we wrap up, Gordon, if people wanted to get involved with Climb24, whether that's from like a sponsorship point of view or just as like an attendee for the event who wanted to meet people, what would be the best way they could do that? Not to talk to me, right? So that's the first thing. So a lot of the things that took five times longer than we meant to was because I was involved. So we have now got a, one of the other things we've learned is to put a lot more structure around the pre-event. So we have a website, which is climb24.co.uk or there's investlander.com. And again, you're saying getting involved is absolutely right. Everyone, whether that be a delegate or whether that be a sponsor or a partner or a speaker, we want everybody to be involved in shaping this. So going through climb24.co.uk, you can actually do this via climb23.com as well. Ultimately, that site will be closed down. But the idea being that then you'll be 
pass to the people who can actually execute on the part that you want to be. But there's a lot of sponsorship opportunities, speaking opportunities, running workshops and being at the event all through that side. Just going back very quickly, and I am conscious that we're, we're short of time, but one of the big things you wanted to achieve within Climb 23 was inclusivity. And part of the reason why we're doing these podcasts and part of the reasons why we've got a book and the website is going to become increasingly content rich is we do have to charge to come to climb events because these things are extraordinarily expensive to put on. But there are a whole section of the community or the economy that can't, for one reason or other, get to these events. So A, we have recorded a lot of content that can go out in public domain and B, we do some quite cool things, community-based events at our events as well. So there was a big screen outside. Luckily, we had a sunny couple of days, but the content is broadcast. So even if people think, I can't afford to come to the event, then there are ways to get access to some of the content post-event. So a lot of the things supplying 23, including what you're doing, obviously, Ivan, with, with some of the speakers, will become available over time. Yeah, absolutely. The beauty of, the, of, of this show is obviously collecting some of the best stories from the event and sharing them with the wider audience. But yeah, absolutely. In terms of the Climate 23, Climate 24 website will be content rich. There will be links and avenues closer to the time of the event where people can be able to potentially live stream the event, listen into the show from before. And, and this is going to be a continuous kind of ongoing show as well, where we're going to hear from amazing stories of people who are going to be involved in the climb operation from 24, 25, hopefully all the way for the next few years to come too. So. I'm looking forward to cracking on with this show. It's going to be awesome. I hope you guys join us for the ride. And Gordon, it's been an honor. Thank you for setting sail <laughs> with us on this first episode for, of Climb. So appreciate that. No, thank you very much. Thanks for giving us the opportunity to do this and doing this in a way that is meaningful to the audience. You know, we need your expertise, either knowing how to construct these things to make sure that this is put together in a way that people will gain the benefit from it. So no, I, it's me who's honoured to be a part of this. So thank you very much for inviting me on. Oh, you're very, very welcome. Okay, well, that's a wrap. I'll see you guys soon. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Climb. Remember to follow us on iTunes and Spotify if you've enjoyed what you've heard so far. And if you really like it, tell your friends about us too, because it helps us spread the word. Really big thank you to CRSI and Investor Letter for sponsoring this entire event. And if you wanted to learn more about the Climb event and how to get involved with Investor Letter and attend Climb 24 next year, please get in touch via the website at investorletter.com forward slash new hyphen events and the team will get back to you. Thanks again, guys. See you soon.